from grain to glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Pal. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Brian. And I am Katie. And this is the best beer show on the internet. Yes. I'm I'm back. I was you not are. here yeah. last week. You weren't. You were <laughs> off doing something. I was gallivanting. It was uh, Father's Day, and we were doing... Oh, Father's Day things. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Well, that's fun. Yeah, we, I did not we... get to see my dad. He was in the hospital. Oh, that's a bummer. But he is out now, and... Being a pain in the ass, as usual. Yeah. All right. Well, before we get too deep here, uh, I should probably do the ad thing. Yes. So the American Homebrewers Association does a lot to support homebrewers and home brewing, and now they support us during the AHA. We'll give you discounts at homebrew shops and select tap rooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Xamergy magazine. Click on the referral link above our homepage and join today. Also, I want to give a shout-out to our patrons, specifically our Black Belt patrons, Andy Thompson, Devin Stinson, and Tyler Romanski. Oh, snap! There's a third one now! There's a third one? Oh, yeah, you missed a lot of stuff last yeah. week. Man! I was going to say something, but, you know, I'm kind of new here. And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know awesome. if you just shuffled names around or whatever. No, thank, thank you, Tyler, man. Yeah. That's, uh, that really helps us out, man. Yeah, I believe uh, on... Home or on Department of Offense last week, we we learned that they are actually um, the reincarnations of the Three Musketeers. Oh, so uh, yeah, you can learn more about that if you listen to last week yeah. last week's episode of DOO. You can be um, D'Artagnan, can be the fourth. <laughs> Ex- that's exactly <laughs> what we said. <laughs> uh, and then uh, yeah, so you can uh, you can become a patron at Patreon.com/slash/BlindNewsStudios or click on the patron link above our homepage at BlindNewsStudios.com. And if you're heading over to BlindNewsStudios.com, you're going to do some Amazon shopping. Click on the Amazon link above our homepage. Your Amazon shopping is normal. We get a bit of kickback from Amazon. Really helps us out. All right, Brian, what have you been up to beer related in the last week or so? Ooh, uh, man, we've been. I usually try to do one little thing about the brewery and one one little thing personally. Um, so personally, I don't know what possessed me to walk into the import section of a liquor store that I don't normally go into. But I did, and I found they had uh, four packs, 16 ounce of, uh, a, I'm going to botch the pronunciation because it's Polish, but I had I bought a four pack of a beer called Akosim, or I don't know, whatever. I, I'm, I've got a little bit of Slavic in me, but I'm, I'm sitting in a chair. I can't really squat right now and you know, be the squatting Slav and tell you what's going on, um, but that being said, I tried that, and then I got four cans of uh, Koenig Pilsner, and it was interesting because you just like import beers hard to find sometimes. Yeah, was it, kind of yeah these they, days. Anyway. Was it old or was it pretty fresh? Fresh as can awesome. be. Yes, I was problem, blown right? away, and you know damn well I checked the date. <laughs> so yeah, I was blown away. I bought one one four pack each of those and, and enjoyed that. Oh, that sounds Friday. like a nice day. Yeah, um, at the brewery everything's crazy. Uh, yeah, we're still waiting <laughs> on kegs. Yeah, we ordered a whole <laughs> bunch more kegs again. Yeah, so hundred and something, hundred and forty more kegs. Yeah. Huh. That's a lot of kegs. Actually, 152, exactly. Wow. Yeah. Some some sixtals and more a whole bunch of half barrels. So cool. it's it's kind of a way to it's kind of a band aid for um, not getting a trying not trying to stuff a bunch of equipment into an already. Oh yeah. Yeah. Tiny brewery. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know if we touched on this last week, but we or, well a couple weeks ago we touched on 
you know, the fact that um, we were, or Brian and Jer uh, Justin were looking into getting another tank. Mm -hmm. And then we realized, well, you know, that's not really going to be super helpful if we have a brewery full of empty, or not full of empty uh, kegs. So, yeah. you know, we could have all the tank space we we need but if we can't if you put can't, them in kegs it's right it's if you can't of, move the beer anymore yeah so we're if you don't have kegs you can't take it out of the bright tank so the, the solution <laughs> the solution is 150 combination of half barrels and six stills mm -hmm. very cool uh katie what have you been up to uh well i brewed the well ethan and i co-brewed actually we so ethan and i usually sort of split the beers and you know it's he'll say well i'll brew this day you brew the next day but um on friday we we co-brewed our fifth triple that triple ipa Ooh. so um I, that's exciting i, oh, I actually the label's I, neat the label the label is super neat and the 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 beer itself it, I rem, it reminded me of how much um i guess thought i put into it yeah. which is really cool you know I, I decided to make it's basically a belgian triple recipe but it's hopped like an ipa or like a triple ipa should so and I yeasted, think, oh, wow. yeasted with oh yeah with chico. an american yep yeah with chico strain oh oh one. <laughs> yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. So, um, I think that's right. The, God damn it. What's the White Labs number now? Uh, 1056. 1056. Yeah. yeah. So, we, it, we, and we pitched a ton of yeast in that. We, we pitched in a 15 barrel batch two full brinks of yeast. So, we want to be sure it, it, it ferments out. <laughs> oh, no. So, I mean, it, it was going the next yeah, day. Yeah. And, and I, I, I went in and de rested it today. So, that's yeah. what I was, that, that what I was doing before. The, these higher gravity ales like this. They throw a real weird sulfur, like yeah. different, like sulfur smell than lager or, yeah, I don't know. It was ten percent. It just and we usually ferment our ales at we start them at sixty four actually, and then we jump them up to almost always two days later to sixty seven, and that's the de rest um, stage or whatever. So. Uh, yeah, there are, I mean, we used a, a bittering extract, so, you know, that's, you got to kind of take that for what it is. But I think if we hadn't used that, there would have been 16 pounds of hops in the boil, and there'll be another 30 dry hopping. So it's a, it's yeah, a big... Oh, wow. You're going to lose a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we actually, our yield is pretty good. Was so, it? Yeah, yeah. No kidding. Uh, yeah, Ethan and I have kind of somehow figured out to increase our yield. Like our, we did a batch of Space Force... Uh, transferred it to bright and we normally get in a 15 barrel batch we end up getting about 12 and a half barrels and we were able to get i want to say 13.85 so we only That's lost a barrel significantly more yeah yeah so um there's little writing, things that we've been doing differently yeah because you're writing yeah. the recipe to what size not i don't remember you're, exactly, you're not writing it to 15 barrel no, you're writing it to much to more especially not much IPAs, more but yeah but that that extract that we've been using instead of bittering hops has made such a huge yeah. difference that's, in, in that's our yield on a homebrew oh using oh using the extract you're saying yeah yeah, yeah definitely been using extract of bitter mm -hmm. instead of just adding more hot material to it and then yeah. what i was going to add is that on a homebrew level it's the the whole that if you if you don't have a copy of um brewing classic styles get yourself a copy of it yep. mm -hmm. uh but yeah he jamil zana chef's it's Right to seven, brew six, you'll get five. Yeah, and yep. and so and for us, we've also been really paying attention to mash gravities throughout the brew process, and and deciding, you know, about halfway through, hey, like the the mash uh, gravity is looking really good, so let's see if we can eke this mash volume or the I'm sorry, not the boil volume to instead of maybe sixteen barrels, which I think was kind of what was historically happening there. Yeah. We've been able to 
eke that well, up to about 17 barrels. Historically, it was supposed to be more than that, but yeah, yeah. This, we'll not get yeah. into that. Yeah. Why? So um, now, now uh, this and this actually, we were we were you know this is a beer we've only brewed one other time, so mm-hmm. we only um, collected 16 and a half barrels in our in our boil kettle. But I but the after we finally got the uh, original gravity, which included 150 pounds of simple sugar. Just table sugar. We were, we're actually just just a bit over our, our what we wanted for original gravity, so we probably could have collected 17, but, you know, little things like that, and we've been able to really yield we, we much get, better. We discovered that buying table sugar, big, big sacks of, if you just go to the grocery store and ask them to buy you several large 50-pound sacks of sugar... It is a much cheaper than than <laughs> buying it through a brew supply place. Like, like, Should I talk about my experience with that? With the with the comment that I was made. Yes, because okay, it's so hilarious. I walked I walked into to the to a local grocery store and <laughs> name uh, any names. Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> there's only one. Like, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so I go. I, at first, I didn't know where to get the table sugar, so I went. I went to the the service desk or whatever and they're like oh you have to go back to the bakery so i went back there and kind of stood around and people were what whatever and i don't know if it was the the manager or the bakery manager or whatever she zooms past me and as she zooms past me she says they sent you to get the sugar wow and i was like i just got i just got gender discriminated or sex discrimination by another woman what the hell (laughs) yeah you know, regard you know, and despite whatever, I you know, the next thing I did after I got back to the brewery was I unloaded, I don't know, probably two dozen fifty pound sacks of grain from yeah. one. You know, it's just like this is like, come on, you know, like <laughs> they sent you yeah. to get so, the sugar. So wow, I'm sure that fuck? I would hope that most people listening understand that women can lift fifty pounds. If you work at a brewery, you're required, and, yeah, you're yeah, required yeah. to lift a whole lot more than that, yeah, and, yeah, you, and yeah. you do regularly. Yeah, regularly. So <laughs> it was pretty. Watch funny. Katie. Push a triple stack of kegs or <laughs> like two hundred cases yeah. of beer, like on a pallet jack. Like, I, I mean, I definitely appreciate <laughs> the help that I get from Ethan, yeah. but I'm sure that he reciprocates that. I mean, it's you yeah. know, there's a lot of heavy lifting and pro brewing, but it was just really funny. And I, so I've been, I've been commenting on little things like that. Like, yeah. I had to then lift the the fifty or the hundred and fifty pounds individually, fifty pounds at a time, up to the the. the brew deck onto the deck yeah. and ethan had gone somewhere i was like you left me to lift <laughs> these, the lady at the grocery store these said three, these, <laughs> these three sacks of of sugar by myself wow how dare you <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> yeah oh wow that's mm-hmm. that's fantastic yeah so that yeah fifth triple uh hopefully in about a month we have a release we're, we're having a release party for it i can't remember the exact date yeah. sometime in august but looks maybe like if you're I think dry about hopping it monday or tuesday yeah we got to get that dry hopped 30 30 pounds yep they're gonna leave you to dry hop that beer wow <laughs> they let you <laughs> yeah so that was that was my exciting week. It's always fun. I mean, you know, I always joke that I didn't brew in Wisconsin, and I, I I actually don't care what I brew in the brewery. It's but it was fun to do something a little bit different this week. Hey man, for me it was prize brewing miraculum that I like. I swear to God, every time it rotated up my turn to brew out of the four of us, it'd be fucking prize. It'd be at least one turn of prize, if not two, yeah. two days in a row every time. Yeah. Uh, How about you, Casey? Let's see. What have I done? Um, I 
I went up to uh, Thursday. I went up to Bobtown uh, oh, to try nice. some of the new beers up there, yeah. um, and ended up drinking too many of them. They have new time. beers, and Swinging Bridge should have new beers now. Uh, yep, yeah, mm-hmm. they just uh, they just did their Blood Orange. I haven't been over there yet um, to try it, uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I think they just released that Friday is when they, the, they put yeah. a new one on. Yeah, uh, I at think least, they have Scaredy yeah. Pie on too that I saw, but I don't know if that was just a six dollar. Yeah. Um, and yeah, other than that, I've been spending time at the garage. Um, mm-hmm. my mom has fallen in love with, uh, with your guys' Shandy. Mm. That's a, that's a thing that happened. She we would, have no trouble selling that beer. Right? On, the, on the next episode, that's going to be my, what have you been up to? Because <laughs> uh, yeah. I've got some fun. Stay tuned, dear stay, listener. Stay tuned. Uh, next, yeah. next week. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of about it. So why don't we dive into our discussion topic? Let's do it. Yes. Uh, so this week we're going to be talking, we're going to be continuing our beginner brewers, uh, uh, series uh, and we're, we're gonna uh, so last time we talked about like what you needed to kind of move into all grain if you're an extract mm-hmm. brewer kind of moving into to this uh, to this next stage and so now we're gonna kind of we're gonna focus on the biggest process change if you're going from extract to all grain we're gonna be talking about the mash you need a bunch of stuff yes um, yeah so you, you have you have you have your new equipment whether it's brewing a bag your mash ton like what have you and uh, Brian, will you grab me one too? Thank yes. you. Um, so you have all this, but what the fuck do you do with it? Like, uh, there's, I mean, there's a lot of stuff here. Um, so let's let's talk about like the the system. So you either went um, like there, there's two kind of main ways you can go. You can go the brew in a bag route, which is less equipment or uh, like an all in one system is usually uh, you know brew in a bag style. Or you can do like the traditional three vessel system or even just two vessel where you have your mash tun and your kettle. Yep. Um, and so that's that like so those those are kind of what we're gonna be talking about. Uh, try to put everything into those two contexts as we're talking. Yeah it was a th- I was a three vessel brewer for sure. Yeah me too. <clears throat> me too. And that's, I mean, you know, if you're looking at a, a homebrew versus pro brew, although a lot of the a lot of the breweries have it's a two vessel, but it's technically kind of a three yeah. vessel. But yeah. you know, at Hop, we actually have three separate. We have a mash tun, we have a louder tun, and we have a boil kettle. Right, so. and then with the way it's piped, you could it could act as a five vessel system in a sense. I almost. know, because we piped in a, a decoction loop, but that's that's for another time. Yeah. yeah, we're not touching decoction today. No. <laughs> I don't know if anybody should touch decoction ever anymore because of how modified Malta yeah. is. Agree. So, yeah. I don't know. It just sounds that's, like but pain that's in the a, ass. That's yeah. a discussion for another that time. Is yep. A, yeah, well, that, yep, that's moving that. on. Let's get let's yeah. get Ethan in here during that discussion. <laughs> uh, yeah. Is he a big pro decoction guy? Uh, he and I have had multiple conversations okay. about that, yes. But uh, yeah, we, we, we differ, but kind all of right. agree to. Um, okay, so uh, guys, what is mashing? Like, what, what, what is it? Like, it, why do we do it? it well, you, you, you know, you have, you have your grain, and they, you buy grain at a homebrew shop as a home brewer, and it, um, it comes uncrushed, so you have to either crush it at the homebrew shop, which I totally would recommend, because those mills are amazing, or you can crush it at home and, and do, that, do that yourself. But you have to extract the sugar from that grain and the color and all the things mm-hmm. in order to get the beer color and the sugar into a liquid form that the yeast can eat and turn into alcohol. Right, and the homebrew shop should have <clears throat> their mill calibrated. Um, you want to have your mill set at about the thickness of a credit card uh, when you're putting it, sticking it between the roller gap. Yep. That's kind of a good it's rule It's like of thumb. 0.2 mil 
millimeters yeah. or something, right? And what you do, I mean, what you can do with that is uh, go to a auto parts store and buy a spark plug gauge spark plug gap. or oh. gapper, whatever, and that will give you that. Um, when I worked at Northern Brewer in Minneapolis, which is now no longer, it's just St. Paul, and they have Midwest supplies now, but we would calibrate our mill monthly, so it was well taken care of. Oh, very cool. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's what it is. How do we do it? Um, so, like, mashing is, uh, like, it's all kind of about temperature and volumes. Mm-hmm. Like, um, so I highly recommend finding a good, um, like, a good software to use. Yes. Um, I really like Beersmith. We like Beersmith. Um, yeah. What else is there? There's uh, Brewer's Friend. Brutoad yes, is no more. Uh, Brutoad is no more. <coughs> um... And I don't think Brutoad ever did, uh, well, maybe they did have a mash calculator on there. I don't know. Brutoad is really great, um, but of course, Beersmith, that's like so yeah. such a classic, great software. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I think it's 30 bucks, and you only have to buy it mm-hmm. once. Mm-hmm. And you, like, yeah, it does, it takes a lot of the math heavy lifting out of it for you. Um, so, yeah, so you use that. But basically, uh, rule of thumb, it's, what is it? Uh, it's like, is it? Like a quart per no one point two five one quarts per pound. Yep. Um, <laughs> so if you have, that, let's, let's never just, forget it. <laughs> I mean, how, how many? Forget how ma- some shit, not that. Yeah, right. right. How many? Um, I don't even. This is what I have forgotten. How many pounds of average pounds of grain in a, like a five barrel batch? Uh, five, oh, five, five gallon. gallon? Sorry, uh, yeah, five like gallon. twelve, thirteen. Yeah, yeah, like twelve, thirteen, something like that. Um, de- well, it depends on like what you're brewing and stuff. Making. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so that, I mean, that's that. So what basically is is if you were using twelve pounds of grain in your mash, you would need fifteen gallons of water for with a one point two, right? Is that uh, no? no? No, never mind. No. Don't listen to me. Uh, so for Just, your striking, if if oh, hang on, let me pull up a calculator so I can do this. Well, they're quick. pulling up a calculator. I was I was thinking a couple details to add to what is mashing and the first bit of how to mash uh, would be making sure, like I sort of alluded to, is that you've got the correct mill gapping so you get the the right crush. Uh, and then what we're essentially doing is what we'll get to here is the temperature range to hit and how to mash is relative to the grain crush. Because uh, when we crush it, we're we're kind of like cracking these. We're not trying to like mill these so fine that it's a dust. You, yep. you want like husks. You want um, husk matter for filtration bed. And the white powder in, that is inside the malt will interact with a certain temperature of water. Uh, which will have <clears throat> will convert it into sugars yeah. and make them small chains for yeast to eat. Yeah, that yes. so that those those husks you want them and he you know he just said that you want them to be crushed enough, but also intact enough that you yep. you're not sticking your mash. You are going to be using that as a, they they're naturally just used as a filter bed. Yes. Wh- whoever figured yeah. out how to do this, and so <laughs> however so, long yeah, ago. Right. So if you if you look at your crushed <laughs> grain. And you see, even the the white powdery part, there's still kind of it's still kind of chunky. That will dissolve in the hot water. Yeah. So you want it to be chunky, but the the husks themselves to be open enough to to not. Yeah. yeah. And if you're if you're worried, you can add in husks, specifically uh, rice hulls. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, if you listen to our recipe formulation episode last week, when we were ta- talking about adjuncts, we really emphasized rice hulls oh. a yeah. lot. When I uh, when I was brewing at Bobtown, I would use a well, it was a one-barrel system, so it was little, but I would use a pound of rice rice hulls only for good luck. I mean, not only for good luck, but, <laughs> but just, I was like, just I'm not taking luck. those out. Because no. right? uh, having your mash stuck 
can increase your brew day by a couple hours um, at the very yeah. least. So uh, your strike volume uh, would be four, just a, just a little over four gallons. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I think you forgot to divide by four on the quartz. I must have, yes. Yep, yep quartz, yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. Um, so yeah, so we're what are we sitting at? We're talking about temperature range. Yeah, so temperature to hit range. when you're mashing. So like, there's a a good acronym, and it's malt. More alcohol, less temp. So your low on your low end is what'd you say? One forty eight. You probably don't want to sure. go. Yeah. Any lower than any that. lower than yeah. that. And if um, you do a temperature, if you do, like, I would say one forty eight to about one fifty. Mm-hmm. That's great, but I would also increase your mash time by a little bit. Yeah. Um, oh, to make for sure, sure. That. just in case these these malts are very well modified, but just in case. Yep. So minutes, maybe. lower temperature will make smaller sugar chains which will make the beer more fermentable which will make the alcohol a little higher and yeah. it'll also decrease the body yep. of the and beer correct so it'll be for- drier thinner bodied yep. <clears throat> whereas so- once you get up into uh like i don't know what do you want to top out at one one i'd say 160 160 160 yeah, yeah. yeah. maybe okay. so if you want to have a you know a, a really light for example triple ipa we mashed our our fifth triple IPA on Friday at 149 because we wanted it to be light bodied really drinkable hop forward and then added a shitload of sugar yeah to make it even, <laughs> so even light, light it'll, it'll even stretch more. the body crank the alcohol make yep. the body thin yep. And, yep. And, uh, but if you want to have a you know a really heavy thick like Russian Imperial Stout or gosh, even or, or a regular your, Stout or, white stout. or a brown ale or whatever then you're going to want to have your mash temperature Katie's White Stout pours like syrup yeah and I think that that is a 156 mash temperature so oh, yeah. you know it's that's that's what you're that's looking for that's all adjunct yep. though but yep. anyway um, so and there's yeah. um, so the other thing I want to I want to point out is there you know we're kind of skimming the surface of why mash temperature or we're we're basically just saying what mash temperature is doing to your beer if you want to know the whys pick up a, a copy of John Palmer's How to Brew and it will tell you that's another if you don't have this book yeah yes, it will tell you at this point you know why 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 certain sugars are broken down yeah. i guess or whatever if, um, if you I don't think, like books i think that book is online well and i yeah <laughs> uh, the, the second yeah. edition is free online yeah, yeah. On his website. that's great yeah that's yeah. great yeah i think, he had the first edition. I, think yeah. he, I think that book started online mm-hmm. yeah yeah so this is just this is just um how to get your beer to be a certain way but if you want to know the whys you know there are there's so much science and chemistry behind it that it's 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 wild yeah i think there's a lot of it that's partially un- unnecessary and some that might mm-hmm. not be completely 100% discovered or accurate yeah. kind of like with hops yeah it's a lot yeah. of stuff we just kind of don't know and again that you know i've said this multiple times now that that's the beauty of the hobby is you can just you know have the information and use it or you can dig really deep and get yeah. super geeky about it too so yeah um all right so you're you're getting you're getting ready to mash in but uh you need to and um Beersmith will do this for you. Otherwise, I just kind of estimate about 10 degrees of loss when yeah. you're going from your whatever whatever uh, you're you're uh, striking from into your grain. Yep. Um, you're going to like because you're just going to have it's a lot of thermal mass. So, yeah. You're yeah. Gonna so what Casey's basically saying is that the grain's never going to be any higher than the ambient temperature. So yeah. if you are going to add. If you want your mash temp to be 160 degrees, you're not going to put 160 degree water into it because you're going to lose 10 degrees. It's just just that mm-hmm. simple. Yeah. 
So you're going to want to, you know, and, you know, about 170 or right. whatever, yeah. Yeah. Uh, roughly 170 to get 160. And it's, if you and if you're worried about you don't want to overshoot, the, especially low. at a, at, can, a you, at a 160 yeah. degree temperature, because yeah. you get above about 167, 170, yep. and then you're going to start pulling some tannins out of your hops mm-hmm. or out of your malt. So what I what I would recommend is. Well, it's a little bit different on a homebrew system, but yeah. aim low because you're better to maybe you, have your. You can always add more hot water and spar- yep. sparge less, yep. which we'll yep. get to. Yep. yep. Um, all right. So then, then there's one other thing here. Um, so we're talking about you know just your straight single infusion, uh, and this might be more um, uh, advanced, especially if like if this is your first one. But you can also do what's called a step mash, where you do different temperatures, mm-hmm. and at the homebrew level. It's a little bit harder because yeah. um, you have to like basically add water in to raise the temp, or if you have like a recirculating mash tun that you can actually ins- like add heat to. Um, but some of those, I don't know if Beersmith, but I think Brewer's friend had a calculator. Yeah. I believe Beersmith know. does too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's probably a little outside of the scope for this. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk sparging. So sparging is basically washing your your uh, rinsing. Your, your rinsing your rinsing, rinsing your grains mm-hmm. um, to probably a better way get all of the sugars out. Yep. Um, and so what you want to do there is like basically you're just adding water in to pull it out. And there's a couple ways to do it. One, you can uh, basically almost drain your mash tun completely and then add in you, a volume of water. You know what we're kind of missing here, and and it, it's a very important step. Uh, and that would be the Vorloft. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, so basically, b- before we sparge, we want to set an actual grain bed, which will act as our filtration system for when we are going to rinse or sparge. Now, Vorloft basically just means to bring <clears throat> the what you've got on the bottom of your mash. So like grainy, uh, murky stuff, bring it up on the top, throw some hot water on it to kind of pull out the finer sugars and let it get down towards the bottom. Um, and that's, that's I'm, what I'm describing is more of a fly sparge, which is pretty common. I mm-hmm. would say more common than batch. Uh, even though I used to, I was a three vessel, but uh, batch. Yep, I I've been pretty much almost always batch. until I got yeah. this thing. So. so I apologize, I jumped ahead, yeah. but uh, Vorloff very important to kind of clarify, get some good clear runnings on the bottom, and, and, yeah, and set mm-hmm. your mash, and so, then yeah. that'll set the bed for uh, for Vorloft, and then the impending louder and louder is simply just separating liquid from solid. But and we'll the, get to that. the steps of borlofting can be as simple as taking like about a gallon pitcher yep. and draining the bottom of your mash tun and then pouring it back, <laughs> pouring that over Pour the top, it lightly on it top for like two or three times. Yeah. A couple yeah. times yeah. until yeah. you yeah. run and clear. Yep. yep. Pretty easy, but extremely important. Very important. It is. Yeah. So batch sparging is basically just, Draining most of your most of it, and then wort pouring the the remaining volume, and then the remainder need. volume that yeah, the remainder of the volume that you need to make up your your boil volume is is what you would you know yeah. sort of um, wash if you're over if that. you're if you're batch sparging, I recommend letting it sit uh, oh, 10, 10 15 minutes, minutes yeah, 10, 15. Uh, just to like make sure that you're not just draining out like basically clear water right like let it give it a chance to absorb some of those sugars right and then these are the points in time where you're gonna start wanting to take a few different uh gravity message or messaging different gravity measurements or readings what have you so uh someone can go ahead and do no sparge because i don't 
All right, so no. Well, have we talked about fly yet? Uh, no, no. Let's talk oh, about fly. Yeah, okay, yeah. sorry. So yeah, fly yeah. fly sparging is you. It's basically you get a done, shower head. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you get done. You get done with your mash, and you start draining that liquid or that wort, wort, wort however you want to pronounce it, wort, into wort, your boil kettle. Wort. And before the liquid line, um, about maybe a few inches Ooh, yeah, before it, a few it reaches inches. the top of the the grain line, which you'll see, you start adding more hot water to it. Here's yep. where a little bit more physics enters into this game because if you're if your um vol- if your volume above your grain bed, the higher it gets, the more the more surface area and the more pressure is down is gonna push down on your grain bed, which mm-hmm. is gonna squish any of the um, you know, filtration or the little system that you have to pull each and every little bit of sugar out. Yeah. So um, keeping that that um, uh, fly sparge volume at an inch, it's re- real hard when you're doing it on a pro system because yeah. it takes a long time to to, to fly sparge it out. It, it doesn't take as long, obviously, on homebrew, but yeah. you're going to want to wander off. You're going to want to go re-up a beer, which you shouldn't be drinking yet anyway because it's not yep, cold side. It's not cold side. No drink until cold side. <laughs> yeah, that's the rule. But if you are, do not get bored during this part, it, the fly sparge or any yeah. of the sparging. That'd yeah, be a cause, fun shirt. Cause like, what? What? I'm drinking because it's cold side. Like. <laughs> Get so, some Lion Ninja Studio logo. Under yeah, so the, the biggest thing you're, you're wanting to avoid with sparging is channeling. So you don't want that, that yeah, hot water. that's a good, just thank pick, you, good word. To just pick little bits and pieces of the mash to go through to get to the bottom of your mash tun. You want it to filter through the grain bed as evenly as possible. Yeah. Because then you're going to get more yeah. sugar extraction and you're going to hit those numbers that your brewing calculator thinks you if should If you're hit. good, yeah. you can get that bed to float and it, it almost... Is like a hockey puck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, good. So uh, <laughs> my, lucky. Yeah. About my, I would say once uh, once in every five batches at the yeah. brewery, I get that. I was like, there it is. They're like, oh, there it oh. is. <laughs> my uh, my buddy got one of those uh, Blickman Auto sparges with the oh. ball that floats. Yeah. And mm-hmm. just kind of shuts it on mm-hmm. and on. That's handy. He's very mm-hmm. excited to God use that it. for the first time. Yeah. John Blickman, I tell you, he's a, <laughs> he's a real genius. He was. I feel like he was just looking at a toilet at one point and like uh, we could use that little floaty ball. Like yeah. that'd be great. Yes. Um, but yeah, all right. So uh, I have personally met John Blickman at HomebrewCon. He is a pocket protector wearing nerd, and he gave me a Blickman pocket protector, which I still have. That's awesome. You don't wear it in your no I should. shirts. I you should. should. Just when you wear your when you wear your mechanic shirts, I think you should just put that. Put the Blickman. Yep. <laughs> now I got to dig around and find it. <laughs> no. All right. So no sparge. Um, yeah, it, I don't know much about. This oh, one. no sparge no. is if you have a mash ton with the volume. Just mash with your entire volume. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, so it throws off some, like, mash chemistry and stuff, but it's doable. It just seems fundamentally wrong. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, would, I would worry about uh, mash efficiencies, because I think yeah. getting some of that no, fresh water... Your, you know, your, yeah, your, your efficiency is... It's, it's something to do if, for whatever reason, you don't have any time... Or you want to try it? Um, I don't recommend it. I've done it once, and that was just because I was brewing such a small beer, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Well, I have so much room in here. Let's just put it all in and see what happens." Mm-hmm. And it turned out okay, but my—I think I lost a bunch of efficiency. Or, or what I would do is, um, and this isn't going to save time, but but at some point in the mash, restir everything, oh, and yep. then re-vorloft. 
And then, yeah. you know, maybe that would be a no charge uh, situation. Another piece we could briefly touch on is having a stuck mash because you're gonna. Yes. You're gonna. Yes. Let's let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about that horrible horrible experience. Yeah. yeah what do you do? It's a respin. That's yep. what we say because yep. they have rakes that spin around in there. At the homebrew level, you don't have that. Um, Just be careful about shearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So homebrew level, what I've done, I've I've done a couple of different things uh, to try to fix stuck mashes. But what is a stuck mash? Let's so all right. So stuck mash is liquid is not coming out of your mash tun. Mm-hmm. Uh, You're like, not filtering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Things things have gotten gummed up and just nothing's. You did out. not put rice hulls in. You used too much oats and wheat. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. And so basically, you just have a giant glob of dough yeah. at the bottom. Um, I've done a few different things. Uh, I've taken out. A large portion of the mash, put it in another vessel, uh, unstuck it, and then put all the mash back in, and then started sparging again. So that was almost a decoction. Yeah. <laughs> almost a decoction. <laughs> um, I have used an air compressor to just shoot air into the I've, bottom of it. I have absolutely done that. <laughs> no <laughs> shit, I have totally done that. Yeah, well, yeah, I've done that when the the first time I brewed that uh, white stout, Lady of the Woods white stout, yeah. I. I, I didn't put the recipe. We use we use beersmith in our for our um the, yeah whatever the, barrel. So uh, I didn't actually put the recipe into beersmith, and I and at the time we weren't adding rice hulls into our beersmith. We were just like it was implied, right? And so I did not I did not add <laughs> oh a no single a forty percent adjunct beer. Oh I no, <laughs> I know. Oh, so uh, yeah, I got to I got to the louder is trans transferring over to, to the boil kettle, and it just was like, nope, we're not going to go anywhere. So we ended up adding, we ended up pushing CO two through all the bottom valves on the louder ton just to try to and adding a little bit more water and then putting 50 pounds of rice hulls and it was like (laughs) here we are and it worked but it was yeah yeah yeah. rice hulls are your friend i personally think that if you are concerned they're a pound of rice hulls or a half a pound per right whatever well and like what like a five pound sack of rice hulls is like what four bucks or something like yeah it's it's one of those things to like it's like having some DME around. Mm-hmm. Just just do it. Um why would you have DME around? Are we uh, talk about that. We, we we haven't talked about that yet mm-hmm. and that might be a little well um so basically you can use DME to adjust gravity. Yeah. Um yep. like once you hit that boil stage and you're yeah. not quite where you want to be. Yeah. So if your efficiency or if your gravity is well uh, it, which is related to mash efficiency. So if your mash efficiency is supposed to be say 85% and it ends up only being 70, you can add DME to the start of your boil to make sure that your original gravity is, is where what you want hit. it to yep. be, if that's important. All right. Um, I think that I think we pretty much like got through the mash there. Um, so uh, any last-minute tips besides when in doubt add rice holes? Hmm. Um, <sighs> you know, and we kind of focused on um, the three-vessel system. Uh, yep. brew in a bag, all of this applies, mm-hmm. um, except, uh, instead of batch sparging, you're pretty much going to fly sparge mm-hmm. the entire time. How about mash out? Mash oh out yeah, time. we did. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and this is, this would be something where you're, you're having to infuse hot water into your, into your, into your mash tun. But so mash out is increasing your mash temperature. So say you have a beer that you want to mash at 152 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, increasing it to above about 167-ish in order to uh, 
halt conversion. Yeah, I, I, I always say kill all the enzymes, but you know, um, but to stop all the the enzymes from continuing to work, um, and that will keep just more and more consistent product. I mean, eventually your beer is going to get up to that one sixty seven, so it's, right. it, it isn't necessarily a, a needed step. Yeah. But if you want to be super consistent, then you would try to find a way to 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 increase. stop it at the same time every yep. time. Yep, exactly, and that's called a mash out. All right. Um, Mash it on out. Oh, man. We have some listener mail. We uh, do. Yeah, yeah. We have yeah. a bunch, actually. Uh, I love yeah. listener mail. So we're, yeah, you know what? We're going to let this one get a little long in the tooth. I'm okay with that because I want to uh, talk about these. Yeah. Um, all right. So our first listener mail is from Tyler. Uh, hi, guys. Uh, from an ex all grain brew, I'm planning to recreate the Australian sparkling mm. ale, uh, style 12B in the uh, BJCP guidelines, if you guys are curious. Um, any tips in particular? I'm thinking my recipe is looking something along the lines of uh, nine pounds of two row and a pound of uh, C20, um, and then an ounce of Pride of Ringwood at 60 minutes and an ounce of Pride of Ringwood at five minutes, and then ferment with WLP009 Australian ale yeast. What do you think? Also curious how Golden Promise would do in a, uh, in this beer instead of or in addition to the two row. Ah, uh, yeah. See, so. I went on a rabbit hole on this one. I he kind of said the magic word here in my mind, and that is uh, Marisader, which is two words. Yep. So, uh, well, yeah. Well, he said golden promise. Or, I'm sorry, golden promise. <laughs> That's I, that, my bad. That's what I meant. Um, I, I'm looking at this malt bill, and I'm not seeing the diversity that so that I would like out of for, it. For um, here, uh, just just for a quick but, recap yeah. here, what, what um, for our uh, BJ or for our Every Style Challenge, our recipe was we used uh, ninety about about ninety five percent crisp two row, um, and then five percent uh, Simpsons uh, medium, I think, or, or light, whichever one's the thirty love a bond. Yeah, um, and then we used the White Labs Australian Ale yeast, and then we did an ounce of Pride at sixty, and then half an ounce of Flame Out. So for the malts on this, the so BJCP guidelines, this, if 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 he's wanting to remain in that. Um, it, it says, uh, lightly kilned Australian two row pale malt. Yep. Uh, lager, lager varieties also can be used. And then it says small amount of crystal for color adjustments only. This recipe that he, he built, it would be an 11%, um, addition to crystal malt. And that 20, I wouldn't go higher than 20. You could even go 10 because, uh, oh. Australian, I mean, in, in my opinion, Australian sparkling, they're like a lager. With yeah, no, ales, this is know? a pale Commonwealth beer. This yeah. this yep. is a Cal Common. This is yeah, a it's, well, um, it's 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 the Australian version of like the the mild. Yeah, of like well, the, the mild bitter. Because well, so if you if you dig into the history, really of it, yeah. So it was uh, like so it was originally developed to compete with imported bottled pale ales from British breweries. Yeah. So it's it's kind of along that that line. Well, then this caramel malt should probably be more like forty, and I would say that you should probably. Ride the line with a Pilsner and an Australian two row if you can get it. The yep. the SRM on the BJCP is four to seven, so it's it's a light beer. Yeah. I would say a a forty would might 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 push it over the limit. Think so? Yeah. Yeah, I think I Man. think the twenty might. Maybe like, I'm all wet about this style then. Well, it's yeah, like well, and the other thing is we don't like our only real example is Coopers, and we mm-hmm. don't get really get Coopers yeah. here. Uh, we could not find uh, a commercial example when we were when we were building it, so yeah. we kind of we kind of went off the yeah. description and built there. I think this will this will turn out a good beer. Yeah. I think this is great, but if you wanted to, you could do half 
you could do you could do thirds. You could do a third two row, a third pilsner, and a third golden promise. I think it would give it more depth of character it that, that you're yeah. looking for. Um, if the vein is more of a mild, um, for sure. And then that, I think that crystal twenty would work great. Uh, I really like the use of the pride of ringwood. Uh, it's if you want, such if you, a fun hop. Yeah, if you wanted to get nutso, yeah. you could maybe try to toss some galaxy at this somehow somewhere. Uh, ferment with WLP 009, perfect. Yep. I can't yeah. think of anything else except for a lower flock British, but not British 3. Um, yeah, well, actually, no. most of these British are pretty low flock yeah. anyway. Huh? So would, when you said it's comparable to a mild, were you were you thinking uh, color or ABV? Well, your Cal, your Cal, uh, your Cal Commons got well, a, I, a, so, a 4 to 7, does it not? Uh, yeah, I mean, no. So, I mean, mild like mild color-wise, um, yeah. and also, like, that's kind of what they were competing with at the time, yeah. like, when it was developed. Yeah. This um, is in the same style bracket as a British Golden Ale and an English IPA. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Uh, and and then with with as far as the the hops, this one one ounce each, um, I would what I would do is try just as long as you can keep it within the it says IBUs of, of this style is twenty to thirty five, um, keep it keep it within that and to decrease that decrease that first top edition keep that second yeah one. keep keep the second keep the one second big. one at one and then if you need to decrease the other one and have it be a half an ounce or three quarters yeah. or whatever do do it that way. Yeah. Yeah. No. What do we think uh, mash temp wise? Do, do we just uh, I think that while lower. I was reading? Something? Yeah. Yeah. I. I mean, honestly, I would shoot kind of middle middle range. I'd go Does, medium body on it. Doesn't it? Uh, doesn't this beer want to be like super attenuated? Yeah, I think you should go. Yeah. Think, look at this. It's sub ten, like for a final grade. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you should go no more than one fifty one. Okay. I would totally agree with that. And honestly, if. Depending degrees on Fahrenheit. degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. Yes. If you yeah. know your, gosh, I don't know, man. My instinct was also to put like a little bit of sugar in this with an attenuation like that. Absolutely. But I, well, maybe a little bit of just table sugar just to kind yeah, of like or, get it down. Or, to yeah, but you, but you don't want to put 10. too much because you don't want to, you don't want this to stretch. <sighs> yeah. God, this is a tricky style. Yeah. This is one of those happenstance styles like, oh, yep. I don't know, we just all we had some yeast and 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 whatnot laying around, mate. You know, I, that that was a that, was, yeah, was that well, English was or like, was that Australian? Like, well, what the I fuck mean, were you like, trying the, to do? The there? English settled Australia. So, yes. Yeah. But like their their accents completely this, different. I, but no, it wasn't in the 19th century. I feel oh, like that okay. was accurate. So you, you're just century. like, oh, all, all Cockneys go to Australia because they're all <laughs> <laughs> they're all criminals. Man, Man. you're the worst. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> all right. Uh, no, but I, I think I think we. I, th- I think we we gave him some good advice there. Um, yeah. Right? Yeah. I hope. I hope. I hope that helped Tyler. Um, <laughs> I hope yeah. we didn't confuse you. He doesn't want to rescind his black belt status. Like. <laughs> uh. um, all right. And so our second one, um, our second one here, uh, I think will be another good one for us to talk about real quick. Um, hey y'all, this shouldn't uh, be as lengthy as Bjorn's email. Whoa! Uh, <laughs> I happen to like shots fired. I happen to like the lengthy Bjorn emails. I do too. We're, we're gonna we're gonna talk about one next episode that yeah. that was really good. Um, but um, I wanted to know what books I should read besides Water Yeast uh, or the Water Yeast Hops and Malt books. 
uh, that all have the same art style on the cover. Uh, this is oh. this is a really good question. Uh, so I I replied, what does he mean by the same? So like you know they they have like kind of like the that series kind oh, the, of have the same just yeah. Brewers Association yeah. anything that the Brewers mm-hmm. Association puts out um, that's what you're looking but for. But specifically uh, the book that we're going through right now the new IPA book yeah. is really yeah. good. Um, and I, I, I named two other books during uh, this yep, episode: uh, Brewing yeah. Classic Styles yes. and John Palmer's yes. book. Um, I'm trying to think of some other good ones. I know I read like the the Clone Recipes book. That mm-hmm. one was good. Uh, the History of IPA by Mitch Steele. Radical Brewing is interesting. Yeah, that's a good one. The other good one that I I gained a lot of knowledge would um, Brew Like a Monk. Yeah, Brew that, Like a Monk. That is one, if, if you, especially if you're, I mean, I, very interesting. You know this this uh, triple IPA that I brewed on Friday. That recipe came basically came from that book. It's just I. I altered it enough so right. Brew like a monk is a great uh, book too nice um yeah there's there, there's a lot of them out there uh yeah start with those and then get back yeah, to us yeah let us <laughs> let us know what you think yep all right well that's that's kind of all we got for today so where's the outro music outro all right. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in this week. If you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what have you, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blindstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash studios or follow us on Twitter at Blind Ninja. And I'll see you guys next week. Good night. Peace.